0: some main themes, some words that are repetitive or whatever, this is the main, this is a kind of a summary or a main thought that you could get from those few verses. Amid our darkest times, we can find comfort in the faithfulness of God. So if you have your phones and maybe how you want to take notes is maybe you just want to take a picture of each slide that comes up on the screen, you can also do that as well. Um, but as we, as we jump into this um, this idea of peace, I want to ask a question and I want you to actually I'm going to ask for your answers. The question is this, um, what brings you comfort? What brings you reassurance when you are experiencing uncertainty? So it's a little bit of a framework. What brings you comfort? Dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, Trenton. What, going to sleep? Sick, yeah. Taking a walk. Ladies take note, I'm just kidding. Food? Heck yeah, what type? Perfect, no, that's fine. Bella, Listening to music, I love it. What type of music? Just, I do know, same. <laughs> what? Sick. I listen to a lot of metal, and uh, there's a band that I love, um, and uh, they may, they have a t-shirt that says angry music for happy people, so I kind of, <laughs> I want that shirt really bad. Yeah, go for it, dude. Your specific blanket? Okay, okay, what is it? What does it look like? Paint us a picture. That's cool. All right, you guys back there. Both of you. Yep, the goal posts. Oh, so cute. Okay, Hunter, you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cameron, you go. Sick. You do Fishing. With a light. Sick. Okay, Austin and then Tristan. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. I like it. Kyan, you're the last one, so might as well go. Okay, Wyatt, you can go too. Can you confirm or deny this, Ben? There you go. Go for it. Sweet. Awesome. I love it. So as you think about this idea of comfort, there's a lot of different things in life that bring us uh, physical comfort um, in the moments when we're feeling sad, upset, and alone. Um, Here's some funny examples. Um, I was trying to get some pictures of of these examples of my kids, um, but I did not uh, do that. So you'll just have to imagine it with me. Um, My daughter, Madison, she's our oldest. She'll be six this month, which is nuts. Um, She loves unicorns a lot. And um, she also loves Gabby's Dollhouse. And um, the new show that she loves is like Super Kitties. And I haven't watched Super Kitties yet. It sounds just awesome. Um, But specifically unicorns, like she loves unicorn like everything. And so I would say she finds uh, comfort in unicorns and her new Squishmallow she got for Christmas. And uh, they're massive. They're like this big um our middle daughter Hayden she's four um she finds comfort in her water bottle um Hayden is really weird she uh carries this water bottle around with her like all the time like uh we'll put him to bed and then Megan and I will be in the living room and all of a sudden you will like hear this this noise like or like uh gosh dang it whatever when it's empty and it's like, Dong, you know, because she's four and she's not super coordinated, she'll just like smack it on stuff. And she's just going to the bathroom. But for some reason, she needs her water bottle with her at all times. Wakes up in the morning, looks like she slept like a rock, just massive bedhead. And she comes stumbling out and uh, she takes after me. And if the kitchen lights are on too bright, she literally, first thing she does without saying anything is uh, brings the dimmer down in her kitchen lights and then walks in and she, Lo and behold, she has her water bottle. I don't know why, but she loves it. Um, our, our youngest daughter, Peyton, she is two. Uh, she finds comfort in her butterfly blankets. So she has this little blanket that has a bunch of butterflies on it. And then we have this other toy called Story Bear, and um, he is a, a stuffed bear that like lights up and stuff, but it tells you stories, and it comes with books, and so you can follow along with the books. And the other night, but the other afternoon, um, Megan and I heard Story Bear, and so we were gonna go in and just tell her, "Hey, um, it's time to rest. It's not time for Story Bear. You can have Story Bear, whatever. Go through the gamut." We walk in and I have this video of um, Peyton. If you want to see it, I can show it to you after the gathering. But uh, Story Bear is on top of her completely lit up and doing this, uh, this lullaby and she's passed out. And like this bear is just on top of her and it's super cute. So, um, those are some of uh, mine for our family. If we were to ask like some serious examples of what brings you comfort, um, just for like me, like I find comfort in knowing who holds my life together. Um, I find comfort in knowing my personality and knowing my shortcomings. I find comfort in Megan, um, and even when I fail, she unconditionally loves me like Jesus loves me, and, um, and if you've never asked this question of what do I find comfort in, I would encourage you to um, add, not just ask the question, but seriously process. Like When I am in distress and in trouble, what, um, what do I go to or who do I go to? And the reason I'm opening uh, this message talking about comfort and what sets our soul at ease is because David gives us a glimpse into where he found his comfort. We find this in verses 4 through 5. He found his comfort amid the shadow of death because of, verse 4, the presence of God. He found comfort amid the shadow of death because of the faithfulness of God and also the truth of knowing that he belongs to God. And, and the way, um, if we were to look at like the, the literary context and the way that David uses words, um, the way that he refers to God is worth noting and pay attention to. In verses 1 through 3, he speaks of God in sort of this absent sort of way. For example, when he speaks of the green pasture, um, he says God is, is he and the Lord. But when he references God in verses 4 through 5, it is you are with me. And your rod comforts me. You prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. And this is a important and distinct shift in language that's important for us to realize because often when life is good and green pastures, we often think that we don't need God. And this can cause us to distance ourselves from God, sometimes unintentionally, but the valley always comes. And about the language shift from verses 1 to 3 and 4 and 5, Heath Adamson in the book Grace in the Valley says this. He says, the language to describe God no longer depicts absence but presence. God is right there when you don't expect it and least deserve it. That's who he is. Your feelings and legitimate pain and concern are not your final resting place. God is. There is a realm of intimacy with God that is solely reserved not for the green pasture but for the valley. And David gives us another key detail in the way that we approach the valley. He says explicitly in verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So did what, what we what we realize here is David knows that the valley is not his final, quote, resting place. That the valley and the dryness um, is not where he will ultimately be forever. The valley differs from where he will stay and make his home. The valley is not like a retirement complex. You reach the age of 55 plus, and now you can go to this community by um, the hospital on Cooks Hill, and you can have bingo night every night. Like, that's not what the valley is. Um, it is like a town that you pass through, but you don't stay. The valley is not just this this destination city. A pass-through town um, in our area would be like Randall, and I'm sorry if you're from any of these towns, Randall, Morton, Doty, or PL. Like, these would be cities that, like, most people don't go there to vacation. Like, they don't, unless they have family. <laughs> like, they don't go there to spend enormous amounts of time. And uh, it's not like pass-through towns um, are like death and no one should live there, like I said. Um, but if you don't live in a pass-through town, It's simply a pass through town to what? To get to the place that you're actually going to. And no matter how long the valley is or how dark the valley is, God is right with us as we walk through the valley to get to the green pastures. And David found comfort in the valley because of the presence of God. And he also found comfort in the valley because of God's faithfulness and because he belonged to God. So let's read the second half of verse four and um, all of verse five. It says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So as we read these, um, these verses and these, these sentences, um, it can be really difficult for us um, to know, like, what these things mean. Um, to full transparency, before I studied the passage, I had no idea what these things meant either. Um, and it's hard for us as we're reading this of, like, how does this bring comfort to me? Like, how did this bring comfort to David in a dark and a hopeless place? We have to understand the cultural context that uh, Psalm 23 was written in. Um, In this Eastern society, um, people were extremely hospitable. Like to us, it would probably be extremely uncomfortable how hospitable these people are. Um, We would think it would probably be awkward and overbearing, but to them, this was just everyday life. This is just something that they did. Um, And so uh, David was a shepherd before he was king. Um, Shepherds were nomadic people who traveled around with their families and flocks to find the best place for their sheep to graze. We talked about this last week of how the shepherd was caring for his flock of sheep and taking them to where they will be fruitful and where they will be well fed. Um, So when they are traveling around trying to find these green pastures and when it started to be dusk, the shepherd would find a place to set up a camp for the night. And in there trying to find a place for uh, their camp to be set up, if they found someone who had already started a, a camp, they were set up their tents, they had a campfire going, what would take place is this, like, quote, host family, the one who had already set up a camp, um, the, the male leader of the, home, of the family that was traveling and trying to find a place to stay. Um, the two heads of the household would come out, and they would greet one another, and um, the hosting family would have a vessel of oil that they would hand to the man of the other family, and the oil served two purposes. The first one is it smelled good, um, unlike Axe Body Spray that I smelled at camp a lot in our hallway. Only one time, though. I don't know who it was, but someone just let it rip for probably 10 seconds, and it was brutal. Um, So this oil was used to mask body odor. Um, So he would pour the oil on his head and he would turn to his family and he would do the same. Uh, The second thing that that oil was typically used for um, was was medicinal. It was believed to cure uh, head lice and it was also to kind of sanitize these people. And the last thing you would want to do is um, repay their hospitality by giving them lice. Like that's not the most. I mean, even today, that's not the most hospitable thing we can do. Um, so the families would enjoy a meal together, usually, usually consisting of honey, raisin cakes, flatbread, and possibly the luxury of meat. Um, then, without saying the word, uh, saying a word, the male leader of the hosting family uh, would come to the male of the visiting family and begin to fill his glass of wine. And there were different levels of the glass being filled. Um, if his glass was filled halfway, that meant that the conversation was great, but you need to be on your way soon. And then the second one, so polite, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. We should start doing that. Um, If he filled the glass to the brim, if he filled the glass all the way to the top, that meant that the conversation was terrific and they wanted you to stay the night with them. They would continue to laugh and be together late into the night. And uh, the staff that, that David references, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, in the, the staff, the shepherd staff would play a large role um, in the festivities around this fire. Um, after the family would go to bed, the male leaders of the house would share stories. Um, these stories would actually be from their staffs. Staffs? Staffs. Staffs? It would be from each of the each would share stories from their staff. Does that sound great? Sounds good. Let's move on. Then they would um, carve pictures <laughs> into their staff like a journal to remember the things that they have gone through and the things that they have experienced. And so their staff would have all of these carvings all over it, and it would tell stories of the things that they have experienced as a family. And the staff was also used as a guide for their sheep. When the sheep would wander off, he would use the staff to bring them back to the right path. So the question becomes for us today, where do you find comfort in tough times? We often find comfort in food, relationships, social media following, clothes, and things. And so as we read Psalm 23 verses 4 through 5, what we see is that David finds his comfort not in any of these things not that David had like social media or anything like that um, he, he didn't have that he didn't find his his comfort in these different things. what he is saying is he found his comfort in the in knowing God knowing that he belonged to God and in the presence of God and for David to use this picture in the current state that he is in he's being hunted alone, afraid and starving David remembers the faithfulness of God. He's reminded of everything God has done in the past, everything God has saved him from, everything God has has done through him to protect others. And David is declaring to himself that God hasn't failed him yet, and he's not going to fail him now. God has guided him through everything. So even if he is in the valley of death, Death is only a shadow because the light and hope of God is present. And he's saying that God doesn't um, just fill his cup to the brim, but he overflows his cup, showing his overflowing love that is upon him. He generously gives what he needs. And he wants to pour stability into your life, the stability and the peace that only comes from him. And so the big idea, if you were to summarize everything that we've talked about today, I think you could could summarize it this way. God brings comfort, stability, and love amid our darkest valleys. And how we're going to respond um, here is um, slightly different than what we would normally respond. We're going to go into small groups here in, in just a few moments, but we want to provide an opportunity um, for uh, you to pray with some of our leaders. Um, we're gonna. What's going to happen is um, Jordan's going to be playing the keyboard um, in just a moment. The lights are going to kind of go down, and um, we want to give you an opportunity. Um, To pray with with a trusted adult that cares for you, that loves you, and that recognizes that life is tough, life is hard, life is difficult, and sometimes it can feel like you're alone in the midst of that. And what we want you to know is that you aren't alone in the midst of that that there are people here at Bethel Church and Bethel Youth that care for you, that love you and are cheering you on and want you to know that they are there for you. And part of how they um, want to show that they love you is is by praying with you. And so if you would maybe say to yourself, like, self, like, I'm a little stressed right now. Like, there are things taking place in my life um, that are uh, uncertain. I don't know how they're gonna go. I don't know what I'm doing. And maybe you need someone to pray with you about wisdom about a situation. Maybe you need a leader to pray with you um, about maybe just a a relationship that you're in or or a friendship that you're in. Or maybe you're just in, I don't know, turmoil with your parents. Or I don't even know. The the list could be endless. But we want to provide an opportunity for you to pray with somebody. to to pray to God that he would help you and guide you and that he would be your peace in the midst of this circumstance. And so I'm gonna pray, we're gonna stand together, Jordan's gonna play a song, the lyrics are gonna be on the screen, but we wanna provide an opportunity for you to find someone in the midst of that song and to pray with them. So Jesus, we thank you so much that you are with us, that in the darkest valleys of our life, the things that feel overwhelming, the things that feel as if we, could, we won't see the end of it, Lord, we pray that over these next few moments as students um, sing these, this song, as they um, are, are praying with the leader, I pray that their peace would not be found in their current circumstance, but their peace would be found in you, in the one who gives peace, the one who gives life. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for your involvement in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So let's stand together. There are youth leaders kind of spread out um, around the room, and we would love just for you to find some some one of them, and uh, you can pray with them. And then Jordan, uh, in a few moments, will release us into our small groups.